I'm Moani, this is Chris and Halia, where we talk everything wine and everything that goes with it. Which is pretty much everything, right? Everything. Especially dating and sex. All right. <laughs> I'm really excited for this topic, by the way. I mean, who doesn't like talking about relationships, right? Everyone has gone through a relationship or is going through it and they need a little bit of advice. So this is perfect. I'm a little uh, less talkative about marriage these days, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. Wait, wait, wait. Story. <laughs> Guys, we have to introduce our guest oh. first. Sorry about that. Sorry, we don't mean to be rude. We just got really excited. <laughs> okay. We're like, wine, dating, sex, what's next? <laughs> so everybody, this is Britt Young, and she is... Go ahead and explain. I am a couples therapist, and so I see all sorts of couples coming through. Some of them actually aren't in acute distress. Sometimes they're there, they're like, we just want to make things better. More often than not, something's happened and they're coming in with a problem to address. But um, all sorts of couples. Awesome, and that's what wine does, right? Make things better. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. At least in, at least in my relationship. Uh, the, oh, so yes. the wines that we're, uh, we're featuring today is, is two wines from the same producer, Fred Sher and his wife, Judy. Yes, wife, Judy. Uh, basically are a two-person show in California. They run the entire state themselves. When you think about there's a thousand labor hours that they have for their rest of their employees, Divide that by 365 days a year, and that's less than three hours a day. Every single other thing is done by Fred and Judy Sher. Um, these are wines that I featured when I was buying wines for restaurants and when I was helping young couples or couples of any age actually come into the restaurant and order a bottle of wine. Nice. So yeah, Thank I thought you. that would be a cool parallel here. Do Cheers. you have like Cheers. a wine of choice? Um, I like a Moscato, so I'm kind of a sparkly wine bubbly. girl. Bubbly. I'm a bubbly girl. Nice. Yeah, I bet you couldn't tell. <laughs> couldn't tell at all. No. With my ponytail, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's but, okay. just get into it. Okay. Dating apps. How do you feel dating about apps. a dating app? You know, they get a bad rap, right? I mean, people are all like poo-pooing the dating apps, but um, I think there's value there, and I'll tell you why. You know, when you are getting into knowing someone through a dating app, a lot of times you're looking for a connection, right? And unless you're looking for a hookup, and that's a whole nother segment, right? But if you are <laughs> looking for a connection, let's just Tell fantasize for a minute. Um, it's a nice way to get to know someone without physical stuff kind of getting in the way at first. So you're sort of weeding out uh, what you don't like, or you are honing in on the people who are appropriate for you. You're identifying people you might have a connection with. Um, doing that verbally through words, I kind of like that. It feels very romantic, like we're getting to know each other without physically being each other's space. And then when you meet, you know, maybe it's there and maybe it's not. But I think they get a bad reputation, and I'm not sure that's really fair, right? It's kind of cool because they check your compatibility first yeah. before you actually meet and see if there's any chemistry. So my question for yeah, you is, sure. what's more important, compatibility or chemistry? Ooh. Good question. Well, there is a saying among couples therapists that opposites attract, but they don't stay together. Huh. So it's really interesting. Like you find it fascinating sometimes. You're like, this person's so different from me. Ooh, this is mysterious and fantastic. And that does last for a while, don't get me wrong. But ultimately, when you survey couples who have been together for the distance, 50, 60 year long marriages, they will tell you we have way more alike than we do in uncommon, right? 
so it's very exciting and it keeps people very passionate at first, but once the longevity comes into play, compatibility wins out every mm -hmm. time. Is there yeah. a wine that you think would be compatible for mm. a first date? You know what's crazy? I mean, there's a right place and right time for any wine, right? So specifically for dating, I knew what it was like because wine's intimidating. I knew what it was like to go in and stare at a huge list and not know how to pronounce any names. That's why I featured Cher, because the thing about dating is you don't want to seem cheap when mm. you take a girl out to a restaurant, right? So I, I sorted my wine list in price ascending. So basically we had the cheapest, cheapest, not really cheap because it was a nice restaurant, wines on top and the most expensive wines on the bottom. And whoever's picking the wine had a list, had the list in front of them and basically pointed. So I knew about how much they wanted to spend. Now the rule of thumb, because you don't want to be the cheapest person in the room, is to look at the cheapest wine and go a couple notches below that, right? <laughs> but like, no, I, I got this, but like, I really don't. Like yeah. balling on a budget style. I knew that about people because I was that person. Yeah. I, you know, I came from a very middle-class family and I didn't take people out on dates, but I wanted to make sure that our cheapest wine was my favorite wine, that people could order the cheapest wine on the menu as far as Pinot Noir goes and be very comfortable. And, and honestly, this is one of my favorite producers mm. for every single every single occasion. Fred Share, it's hard to find somebody that makes one grape well. Fred Share, everything he touches is gold. Oh, wow. Do you like the Chardonnay? I, I haven't tried it yet. All right, here we, we go. Oh, drink away. I'm tasting a lot of pear. Okay, yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really fruity. Okay, yeah. well, we're going to have to hold off okay. on giving our full rundown of the taste. <laughs> right. All right, we have to take a quick break. We'll come back and give a final rundown of what we feel in, in taste buds. Um, Wine Ed has been brought to you by Windows Hawaii and the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Welcome to Wine Ed, where we talk about wine and everything, including relationships, my favorite topic. <laughs> Why does we have Britt Young here to go ahead and explain a lot about that? But first, we were talking about how awesome this wine is and yeah. kind of what it tastes like. What yeah. do you guys say? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I mean, Light, I'm, I'm on record, right? Like, what you taste is what you taste. Smell mm -hmm. is so closely linked to your personal thing. So really, there's no tasting notes. It's what you taste is what you taste. Oh. The, the most important question, would you get another glass? Or if I took I you out on a date. I like how light and... And we ordered this wine. Would you stay for a second date? Or would you stay for dinner? I mean, now would that you we're kick on the like, topic of cheap. dating you and staying the for one. dinner, let's talk about you. <laughs> 11 <laughs> years. Let's talk about me. Uh-huh. 11 years. About this wine. Have you guys tried it together? Yes. This is one of our favorite producers. This is really one of our favorite producers. We, she, she asked you, oh, where's we, my ring? We, we share it on every special occasion, really, <laughs> really. Not the engagement yet, because yeah. that hasn't happened. Well, but, what, uh, what is, the, what is the obstacle to this engagement? Oh, God, this is happening. Okay. Oh, sorry, this is happening. What? Cool. Um, COVID. I'm going to blame COVID right now. For 11 years? We just, so we just closed on our new condo. Okay. Yeah. We, which is... Thank you. Thank you. That is huge. That is huge. Right. Which is more of a commitment than marriage, right? So that's going to tie us over for a little bit longer. Hope. Do you feel like that's a more of a commitment than marriage or buying property? Yes. Um. Here's the thing. <laughs> Something that's coming up right here is <laughs> he's like, I did not know I was going <laughs> to have to do this. Um, Brit Young, everybody. Mahalo. Right. Uh, <laughs> Fifty-eight minutes. Um, so, so really, I think this is 
part of what gets guys hung up a little bit, and I'll go ahead and stereotype and I'll say men, because typically they're the ones who want to propose. And I do. A lot of times their girlfriends want them to propose. They don't want to do it. Is they have they feel like everything's got to be in place right mm -hmm. before they pop the question, and I I have to say I think that's a little bit of a miscalculation, um, as he nods, because what we really want to feel. Let me just go ahead and throw it out there. Mm -hmm. We want to feel like we matter. We want to feel like we are the most important person in your life, and that we matter above all things. So what happens is when it's pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, is that comes into question, and we're like, oh, we start feeling a little bit wobbly in the relationship. Maybe, so all the while you're thinking, I need to get my finances in order, mm -hmm. buy a house, da 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 da. The and checklist, she's the right? checklist, yeah. right? Because maybe Before society's messages message this to you, right? Then you have society. to have all this and you know Thanks this society. much in the bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For us though, we just want to know we matter. And what's the best way to show that you matter? You ask someone to like spend the rest of their life with you, right? Mm -hmm. So do we really care about whether how much, whether you have $40,000 in the bank? Do we care that there's a house? Maybe that's important on some level. What really matters though is, dang, he just showed me I'm the most important thing in his whole world. And I'll tell you, that's gonna be a great foundation for the start of, the start of a marriage. So go for it. Okay, yeah, I'll be back guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, if you think about it, the wedding ring shop—they talk about celebrating life and love together. I mean, yeah. it's the new year. Yeah, I'm gonna get a hookup on the wedding <laughs> shop. We're, we're doing an episode, right? The wedding shop. Yeah, yeah, that's that's no. a hang-up. It costs so much money. It does, but you know, it, what what happens? There's a cycle that happens. So every time we're in a relationship with someone, we do like a little mental calculation. Do I matter? Am I important? Can I go to this person when I'm upset? Will he be there for me? Will she be there for me? And if you do hold off on an engagement, for example, or God Wait. forbid you, you cheat on someone or you do something that shows that person you don't matter to me very much at all, then you get this thing that's called a protest behavior. So you, I want you to show me that I matter. You do things that make me question that, well, now I'm getting all pissed off. Mm. And we don't necessarily go to our partners and say, I'm really upset you did this. What we do is sometimes we get critical. I do or we get I'm, demanding. I'm so in touch with my feelings <laughs> yes, you are. that I do that. Here we go again. That. But we do these yes. weird things and we're thinking, well, let me show my partner that I want him to want me. Right. And what we're doing is actually pushing them further away because we're becoming like unlovable in the process. Yeah. So it's a, it becomes this feedback loop. And it, that's sometimes when you'll see a breakup happen or something like that. Basically so. being kind of naggy. Kind of naggy, very kind of demanding. Naggy. Very but it's naggy. not because she wants to be demanding, it's because she feels like she doesn't matter. Right. Wow. You know, it's very deep right. and psychological. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, think that like sex is I'm like, sorry, I'm gonna have to stop you. Well, Bonnie, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna talk about sex. Yes, we're gonna talk about sex. Okay. Not yet, okay. wait till after the break. Okay. Um, this show is brought to you by the one and only Windows Hawaii, so you can buy those beautiful windows for your future house. Soundproof. <laughs> the Honolulu Star advertisers, so make sure you check up on the news. See you soon. <laughs> Welcome back to Wine and we're here with Britt Young. So where we left off yeah. was sex. Mm -hmm. Is that a deal breaker? End of a relationship? Is there a way to salvage it? Is it important? I mean, yeah. I could go on and on about the topic. <laughs> it's Chris a is pretty really excited. Subject. Just, yeah. <laughs> Bang my nose yeah. in the glass here. Yeah. This is all I'm you ladies. Here. Yeah. Um, you know what it is? It, it's, it's one of the only things we do with our partners that we don't 
share with anyone else, right? So it means something. Um, we talked in the last segment about like how to show someone that they matter, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about, can, am I showing my partner he or she matters? Well, sex is one of those places, you know? It's a place where you do feel important and you do feel like you're number one and really being focused on. So there's a place for that, I think, of importance in most, if not all, relationships. Um, where, where things get a little off is when things are a little maybe boring in the bedroom or a little monotonous or um, or maybe it just sort of drops off after maybe having children or there's something going on stressful in your lives. Um, what happens is the same thing that happens when you sort of neglect someone outside the bedroom. You know, it can feel really abandoned. You can feel abandoned. You can feel neglected. And it's important, really important to have a type of relationship with your partner where you can go in and say, hey, listen, I know we've both been busy lately, but I'm kind of missing that part of our relationship because if you don't say anything, maybe your partner's off doing his or her own thing and doesn't notice. But anytime we feel something, I'm calling them difficult feelings these days. So anytime we have difficult feelings about sex, for example, something's wrong there mm -hmm. and we don't bring them up, it's gonna show anyway. We're gonna slam the cabinet door or we're gonna, you know, give someone a, we're gonna be short tempered with our partner. So my advice is, Talk about it because we're really bad at pretending nothing's wrong. <laughs> really bad. I mean, that is and sex true. is one of those very vulnerable places, right? So, um, but also in answer to your question, like what happens if it's not great, you know, the best news is this is one of the areas that is ripe for improvement. Like if the spark isn't super there at the beginning, I tell people don't bail like right away. You can always work on it. Practice, practice makes perfect. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm into that. Been doing yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you poured a new glass yeah, of let's wine. Talk. Can oh, you yeah. talk about, ooh. Yeah. It's like a deeper, like a caramel, no? Yeah, <gasps> whatever you smell is what you smell, caramel? I love it. Okay. What did you smell? Except that, caramel. no, I'm just joking. That's perfect. Okay. Caramel, caramel butterscotch. Butterscotch. Yeah. butterscotch. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So it's it's from Cher as well. And this is the, specifically the bottle that I put on as my cheapest Pinot Noir. When in reality, ooh. it's one of the best made in the entire world for me. You know, he makes great wines and he makes very expensive wines as well. So this is his lowest entry level bottling, we call it. And for me, it's not necessarily about price or label or appearance. It's just about enjoyment, right? Like what's in the glass, enjoying things. So when somebody, when somebody says, oh, I taste this, does it make the other people taste it too? Like, is oh, it yeah. psychological? Okay, yeah, okay. you can say kind of anything, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I get that in there. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. But and since we're on the topic of sex, can't you say mm -hmm. that when someone purchases a bar of wine, they're trying to maybe take it to the second base? And second then on base? that note, we're going to leave it there because we're going to take a break. We're actually going to shoot it over to Chandra. She has our cocktail of the week. And when we get back, we will go back. It's probably a very question. sexy cocktail. <laughs> See you when we get back. So this week's cocktail of the week is the love connection. And I don't know about you, but tequila is one of the reasons I'm a mother today. So this is a really simple cocktail. It's a twist on a Paloma. I'm gonna add some fresh lime juice. I made a syrup using Mexican cinnamon just to make things a little spicy and get the all of the right flavors going there. I have some fresh grapefruit juice. So typically with Palomas, you use a grapefruit soda. We're gonna do a fresh version using all fresh juices instead of the high fructose corn syrup. A little pinch of sea salt, and then one of my favorite tequilas of all time. Really doesn't need anything, but why not? Make a great cocktail out of it. This is Fortaleza Añejo. 
We're gonna add some club soda to give it some effervescence. And fill it up with ice. I found some beautiful blood oranges at the store, so we're gonna garnish it just to give it a nice pop. And here we go, the love connection. Sandra for the cocktail of the week. Very sexy drink. And we're talking about dating and sex, of course. All right. So wine, is it used for second base, third base? Oh, I don't use it for anything. That's, that's, <laughs> that's nasty. That's terrible. Come on, I know you're the only guy here, but be honest. People use alcohol to kind of get it's them to talk more, but also to it, get to the next level. It's a social catalyst for sure. I, I don't like intentionally try to get anybody drunk. I mean, <laughs> my girlfriend and I met at a, at a very intense high school beast party, so maybe. Um, but no, it's not like I don't use it for anything. I, it's, it enhances things, right? For me, I love wine so much because it enhances everything, whether it be dinner or a relationship or consensual sex. Yeah. Not, I'm not trying to like get people drunk. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so personal for sure. Like what you smell is what you smell. And um, it's a shared experience, right? We talk about sharing a bottle and being in the moment yeah. and just that's for me That's how I measure my success oh. like how much I get to cook and drink with my girlfriend hmm. Well, you mentioned shared experiences too just to jump in there So it's, it's interesting he brings that up because in dating What are the two things you do you share an experience and then you talk about it? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you have like experiences and meaningful discussions and there are these two pillars, right? And so the longer you're together, you have to keep those pillars really strong. But life gets in the way, we get busy, we start not having as many shared experiences, and then we don't have that much to talk about because we're not experiencing things mm -hmm. together, right? And so that's when things can get really rusty, you know, especially in a long-term relationship or marriage. Well, wine can definitely help you to get past all those uncomfortable topics and break through all of that. Mm -hmm. And maybe even talk about deeper things like Let's say toys, for okay. example. Yeah. Do you, how, how do you go to subject <laughs> of like <laughs> deeper things like toys? No pun intended. <laughs> but how do you broach in not it's not necessarily toys per se, but an uncomfortable subject. Like how yeah. would you bring that up? Well, think about vulnerability, the concept of vulnerability, right? And when you talk about toys in the bedroom or spicing things up or whatever you want to do, that's a very vulnerable moment. And we're all a little bit afraid of that at times because like we kind of expose our underbelly and, and we can get hurt. Somebody mm -hmm. could laugh like if we bring up toys, huh, why would you want to do that, right? Or, and you're just like mortified. Or Princess Leia <laughs> fantasies. Oh, there we go. Or yeah. Princess Leia fantasies. Okay, good to know. That, that, Note know. to self. <laughs> um, it's really about vulnerability. <laughs> and, and, and when you talk about something that you want to introduce into the bedroom, it's your most vulnerable time. And so it is important to be with a partner that you have confidence will be uh, attentive to that. And if you do talk to couples, I'm telling you, who have been together for the long haul, these are couples who have made it through the storms. They will tell you they have spiced it up several times in their marriage. In fact, in, in every long-term marriage, there's several marriages. You can think of it that way. So we go along, we chug along for like six, seven years. Things get a little stale and we're like, oh, we look at each other like, well, I don't like this about you, but I do like this. And we sort of make a deal at the end of every segment 
are we going to go to the next stage together? And then we decide, yes, we are. And then a few years down that road, things might get a little rusty or wobbly. And then we decide again, am I going to do this next journey with you? So within a 60 year marriage, marriage, there's probably six different marriages. And it's just dependent on like, do I want to take you with me on the next journey? Because we do grow and change. And those sex happen at, at milestones in your life or those sections or what? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's when a lot of people and couples change up their sex lives or they decide we want it to look different or feel different or we want to experiment this way. And, you know, you really have to be vulnerable with that person at those crossroads because there is a chance that person will say, I really don't want to do it this way with you. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard moment. And they oftentimes end up in my office right at those critical junctions. So what would be the one like piece of advice, not even just on the topic of toys, but just in general with relationships, marriage that you frequently give out? Yeah. Kindness, really kindness, compassion at the core of it all. It's being kind to the other person. And the hardest time to be kind to your partner is when you're fighting and when you don't like them, it's the most important time to be kind. And it's so darn hard. There's actual studies out there that will tell you, like, let's say that you and I are in a relationship and you're like, Brit, look at that bird or it's such a nice day today and I just ignore you, mm-hmm. that tells you, you don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The kind response, even if I'm on my phone, is to go, it is really nice out. And that shows you, I care about you. Wow. So we have to respond to our partners. We want to thank you so much, Britt Young, for being here. Uh, I've learned so much. Just <laughs> I wish I took notes. I, I learned some stuff too. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there a way that we can find you on social media so that they can... Sure. Reach you. Sure. My, my group counseling center is called Explore Counseling, and we have four offices around Oahu. We do couples, individual, family counseling, and we have um, dozens of clinicians. So we're always available. We wanted to make it accessible to everyone. So anybody who's in distress, of course, don't feel like you can't reach out. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and definitely like our posts. We got more going on after this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> thank you again to Windows Hawaii and the Honolulu Star Advertiser. And thank you to Saks Fifth Avenue for addressing us today. I mean, Hugo Boss, baby. Look at us. I feel like a boss. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a boss. But we're not done here. So please catch the extended version on YouTube. See you there. Aloha. Chris, Halia, and this is Britt Young. We're talking about all about relationships. Yeah. So let's get back into it, continue to chat. We were actually talking about infidelity. I have been in a relationship where I've been cheated on. Okay. And so have times. I. <laughs> so have I. It's yeah. actually pretty common nowadays. And, you know, we were talking about social media and all these mm-hmm. dating apps and how easily accessible it is to just go and find someone else. So what would you say about that? I'm sure you've dealt with yeah. many circumstances like this. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most hurtful experiences you'll ever have. And, you know, talking about social media, it's, it's pretty easy these days to create a dating profile and yeah. see what's out there and create connections outside your relationships. So I think the biggest risk factor is that it's just a few, like, you know, punches away on your, on your smartphone. Um, used to be that you had to work for it. 
a little bit more. So it's probably a little less common. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly enough, these days, women are um, increasingly having affairs um, where it was not quite as common for females before, but we're seeing a, a, an increase in that. So kind of perking our eyes up, you know, kind of hmm, what's going on here? What do y'all think's going on with that? If that's the actual statistic, do you have any insight? That's interesting. Cause I always thought, oh, you know, men cheat more than women, yeah. but obviously that's changing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, so, I did not so know you, that. So you've been cheated on, but have you cheated on somebody? I no. have not. No. For the cameras, right? Yeah. No. no. Have you? Have no. you ever cheated on someone? I've been with the same girl for 11 years. Come on. We already blew up my relationship in this no, episode. I, my whole, I, my whole, when I think about cheating, if I would ever get to a point, say I'm in a relationship or even dating someone exclusively and felt the need to go and venture off or do something else, I could never in a million years think of cheating on someone or just seeing them hurt. Like, it's just not worth it. I'd rather break up with the person or end it and then see if it's going to happen with the other person. And then again, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like once you decide to cheat, the relationship's already over. But have you seen relationships yeah. bounce right back? Oh, I have. And really? stronger. Wow. Stronger. I mean, it's actually crazy to imagine, but people mm -hmm. who make it through, they're, what they're doing is they're, is they're examining what happened in the first place. You know, yes, there is always that sub-segment of people who are just going to cheat because they don't really care or they don't have this value system. But interestingly enough, there are a lot of people who would say they have affairs because of dysfunction, of course, in, in the marriage or relationship. Um, they're gonna, you're all going to fall off your, your seats for this one, but some people will say, I actually had an affair to save my marriage. And I know that sounds like a very odd concept, but if you think of a relationship as opposing forces, right? The one force is stability, reliability, predictability, right? That's why we have relationships long-term. Mm -hmm. The other opposing force, right, is passion, chemistry, excitement, unpredictability, adventure. And how difficult is it to keep both of those in perfect concert mm. in a marriage? So when people go outside their marriage, what they often tell me is the reliability and stability and all that is there. Something's missing here with the passion and adventure, and I'm out there seeking that. And they'll say, I try to fulfill that part of me because I can't hear. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm sort of preserving my marriage. It's not really, it's more of a distorted thought pattern, mm -hmm. but it is out there. And so what we do when someone comes in with infidelity issues is first we talk about the pain and we really talk about the pain that this has caused. But then we do talk about what happened in the relationship. It typically doesn't happen in a vacuum, typically, you know? so interesting can you imagine yeah. being the other person outside of the relationship while they're cheating to fix their marriage? yeah <laughs> I'm sorry oh, just like yeah. i literally just went off like wow she's what? like what is she talking there, about was i ever that third person <laughs> yeah. was i ever the other woman did i help save their marriage <laughs> what no, oh my god like yeah. okay wait let's go back to when i got cheated on did i ever oh wow well remember those crossroads we were talking about yeah you know Infidelity often happens at one of those crossroads, except the person doesn't go to their partner and say, something's wrong, mm -hmm. we need to fix it. Or, or that partner doesn't listen. So they're like, well, I tried. And then they sort of go out on their own path, right? So that, it can happen in those junctions as well. Um, Y'all are, I mean, it is crazy to imagine, but <laughs> like, I know couples therapists who have had, let's say a wife has been cheated on. They've had the wife write a thank you letter to the mistress. Thank you for making my marriage better. So you know? would you say like monogamous it's relationships 
are more successful do the polymers what do you call it oh polyamorous, polyamorous. Or, <laughs> sorry yes um, oh that's a tough one what do y'all think I, that's why I'm just like this. Like, like, I'm about to fall off this like, chair. Yeah, I, take notes. I want to feel like well, the girl in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Remember this. You, you are the most important why? person in my life. You matter the most to me. Remember that yeah. concept? It's hard to have that yeah. in a polyamorous relationship or a throuple, right? Because now there might be divided loyalties. Yes, they're out Sorry. there. Yes, very much out there. Cool. He's like, I can't handle one. I can barely handle <laughs> So it, it, if the crux of a relationship is making your partner feel like he or she is what matters, then how, I, I just think it might be hard to do it. I'm sure some people out there successfully manage, but I have not quite seen it successful yet. Wow. Yeah. So do you, what about age? Is mm -hmm. there age just a number? Oh, is I would never date younger. That people need you're, you're to like be older. dating. My yeah. age or older, older, never younger. I mean, they yeah. say that guys mature later in life. Yeah. And girls are kind of more mature. So would never hmm. go back. Do they say that? Well, statistically, and we talked about this before the show, but, you know, the highest risk factor for divorce is getting married under the age of 25. Mm. So youth in itself, like many people need their 20s to like grow into who they're going to be, right? And so if you get married really young, 2021, 20, you're just crossing your fingers. I hope we both grow in a way that's compatible, right? Um, but age, not, you know, I'm not sure I see too much of a problem with marrying outside your, your like specific age range. Um, it's all about, you know, connection, compatibility. And if that's with someone 10 years your senior, okay. If it's with someone 10 years you're younger, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I know. Oh, um, but that's know. okay too. I think the problem is, is that do you have as much in common with someone who's not around your age? That would be the hard part. What is the greatest age gap you've seen that's been maybe, successful? Maybe like 15 years. Maybe like 15 years. Oh. Hawaii is different, right? Hawaii, Hawaii just seems like it's what? weird. Like the reason that a lot of people don't date their age in Hawaii is because we know everybody yeah right so like oh. i know your history you know mine's like that mm. it gets a little convoluted and a little weird mm -hmm. how do you feel about that like dating or being in a relationship with say someone else has been in a relationship with or hooked up with mm -hmm. like what what is your take on all of that mm -hmm. oh that can get complex for sure is that so you know are, there, are you mm -hmm. meaning like um like especially if there's questions about like does he still have feelings for her or does she still have feelings for him that comes up a lot in my office mm -hmm. like the exes the the phantom ex we call it the phantom ex so that's the concept <laughs> of of when you sort of elevate your ex so you may have had a so-so relationship with this person mm -hmm. but sometimes after you have the breakup so remember all the like great things about them and you minimize what wasn't great so if you go into a new relationship, you want to make sure that your partner doesn't feel inadequate, not good enough, because you're like fantasizing about your ex, or you know you run in the same circles, and um, lots of questions come up in my office about, hey, I saw you checking out so and so, and you know we're all at parties together, and mm -hmm. baseball wives and families, you know everybody at the park, soccer games. You it's... liked her Instagram picture. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's a thing. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Like, so, even yeah. like people's pictures? No. Chris? <laughs> no. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's done with that. Where's my phone? You know, a great rule of thumb, you just, you at, at every crossroads, all you have to ask yourself, is this thing I'm going about, about to do going to make my partner feel better about our relationship? Mm -hmm. 
or worse about our relationship. And that's your guidepost mm -hmm. right there. Right. Because you might have yeah, a common right. understanding like, hey, you're just showing love by sure. liking posts. You're just supporting whatever they're posting, yeah. their business or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean. I love that. Me. That's the golden rule, right? Will this that's make my partner? golden rule. Kindness. Will this make my partner feel important? Better? Yeah. Um, and everybody has what we call like a couple bubble too. So like when you're in a couple, you're in your bubble mm -hmm. and everybody has their own rules and stuff around your couple bubble. Like in our couple bubble, we have rituals where we say good night and good morning to each mm -hmm. other. In our couple bubble, we have date night. In our couple bubble, we don't befriend people of the opposite sex. You create this whole bubble and when that person steps out of it, you just kind of bring them back in. You mm -hmm. don't panic or freak out. And that's how a lot of people manage their relationships. It's like, we have our own couple culture. So if the culture is we don't like each other's posts, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If it's that we do, that's fine too. You just have to come together on that, right? She has the password to my phone, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it picks up her on Face ID. Like, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. I'm not the bad guy here. Well, no. <laughs> just being open. I think that's yeah. another thing yeah. too in a relationship. It's not just communication or like, creating that couple ball yeah. it's just more so being open with that person and showing kindness mm -hmm. and doing it in a kind way if you have a question or concern with your partner you know you have two choices also you can go like raving lunatic on them and and go in with the tango dance or you can go in with kindness and then go in with waltz and then trust me whatever you go in with you're getting back so yeah. you go in hard you get hard you go in soft you get soft so openness and, and saying what you feel as long as it's kind and, and put forth in a kind way, should be safe if you have that type of culture, right? Very yeah, true. Like a safe space. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's I always part thought, of the deal. I always thought you go in hard and come out soft. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Everything's starting to make sense now. <laughs> Anyways, that was a really good show. <laughs> Stop drinking, I was looking to see Chris. if it was like, is that okay? Can I say that? Can I say that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I literally just got that. You did? I am so sorry. <laughs> you know the term, that's what she said. Okay. I'm so glad you're okay. still I am so sorry. <laughs> okay, blonde moment. No, it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I even had brunette moments. It's all right. <laughs> thank you so much for being thank on our you. show, Britt. Seriously, Thanks, thank you so much, Britt. Thank Thanks, you for Chris. tuning in. We just wanted to do a special thank you again to the Windows Hawaii and of course the Honolulu Star Advertiser and Saks for making us look amazing Saks fans. Thank boss. you again, Britt. Thanks, Thanks so you guys. much for your time. It's so much fun. Have a time. <laughs> Bye guys.